Welcome to episode three of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Um, and if I'm sounding a bit more um, glum than usual, um, it's understandable. I fucking hate Chelsea. Cunts. Rent boys. A lot of them. <laughs> fucking vile. Vermin. <laughs> that feels better. Um, joining me this week, once again, um, Rob um, Wills from Plymouth. Devon Panya from Leicester, and a special hello to Joby Wicks from Bristol. Bring me that is. Hello, the boy. Hello. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, snob. Javad, posh boy. Not posh. Um, right. Um, I think we should begin with the game. I'm, I'm not going to say a great deal on it simply because I don't think I'm qualified to. to make. <laughs> I, I, I watched the first ten minutes. Um, Less work, got home, watched some of the second half, but uh, I was busy doing other things at the same time. So, multitasking, eh? Um, was it as bad as the school line reflects, or? Um, yes and no. I think, uh, from my point of view, um, to me, it looked like we played a a fairly decent game. Kirik has let us down. Um, a couple of times, um, Ari, well, bloody hell! <clears throat> first, you know, first shot on goal at the bloody woodwork. Second shot on, you know, on goal straight across the goal mouth. How the fuck we would we weren't two 0 up in the first mm-hmm. half is beyond me. But uh, then that makes che- it a pretty different game, doesn't it? You know, Chelsea, un- unfortunately, you know, for for all their wankiness, uh, sublime. To, to, to put it one way, I suppose. Um, they look to be unstoppable, even without Costa. What do you think? Well, they were, they were, they were quicker on the ball, a lot quicker, and they were very slick as well with their passing, but then they're a settled team. Mm. So they're, and they're full of confidence, they're top of the league, whereas we, you know, we, haven't, we haven't got a settled team, we've not had a settled team all season, we haven't got a great deal of confidence, and... Um, I don't know, I thought right at the beginning of the game, I thought we held our own pretty well. But uh, like you say, those two chances are from Harry Kane, if they'd gone in 2 0 up within 10 minutes, it's a completely different game. But they were just far more clinical. Cut the mistakes. I mean, Lennon got caught out for the first goal. Loris with a bad goal kick yet again. He's, someone's got to sort his kicking out. It's absolutely shocking. And then you know, that's it, then. We're trying to chase a game against the best team in the league. Devan, what's your take? Yeah, I pretty much agree with all of that. We uh, we came out flying in the first ten minutes, and uh, I think everyone was thinking, "Well, wow! I mean, if uh, if you can get something here and to use some of that uh, the energy from from the weekend, then something might happen." And we went so close. I mean, Harry Kane was he was you know created some great chances in the first ten minutes. Had a great header against the bar, uh, and then again, you know, shot across the goal. And you know, on another night. Who knows what might have happened. Um, and we seem to be putting lots and lots of effort in. Um, and when we did the simple things, it looked okay. But then we tried to 
bring a bit of champagne football in. And we're not at the level yet where we can do that against a side like Chelsea. They have an amazing ability, as much as I hate saying it, but that they are like a machine. They're very good at making the best out of little. And they'll take their opportunities and um, they'll, they'll create chances and they'll move. And sometimes if that means just being patient, then they'll be patient. But unfortunately, we, 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 we're not at that level and we showed that today. I mean, I, you know, before the game, I think we were all certainly on the, on the last podcast. We, from what I recall, we were quietly optimistic. Not that we'd, not that we'd win, but... I think I predicted a score draw, and I think so did Nicky. But um, yeah, so did I actually. Yeah. Optimistically speaking, yeah. But I mean, honestly, did we really think, hand on heart, that you know, not that we were going to get anything from the game, as in a, we certainly weren't going to get a win. That's just <coughs> beyond our wildest imagination. But um, that record at Sanford Bridge isn't great. They are the best team in the league, as much as it pains me to say that, and. 2-0, 3-0 as it was, that's not... I suppose that was expected, really. Yeah, pretty much, I guess. I mean, it's football. Anything can happen on the, on the, on the day. It's 90 minutes. I mean, like you say, Kane's first chance in the first couple of minutes, it's crossed. But if that had gone in, all of a sudden then, the amount of confidence we had from Sunday, if we're suddenly 1-0 up at their place like that, the lads have got so much more confidence. All of a sudden, you know, the little tricky moves start to, to come off. Also, then Chelsea are on the back foot. They've got to put the pressure on. So, you know, anything can happen. But in all honesty, though, yeah, what were you going to expect, really? You know, we turn up there, try our best, but it just isn't good enough at the moment. The last time I remember us beating Chelsea, I think it was at our place, and we beat them, it's been stupid, like 5-1 or something in the League Cup. Do you remember that? Hmm. Yeah, in the semi-final. Um, yeah, and I think that's possibly the last time we beat them. No, we beat, yeah, them, we, we beat them. Yeah, we beat them since in the league. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. Okay. 2-1 well, a couple of times at home. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last time was at the lane when Gareth Bale... I can't remember who, oh, yeah. who, else, yeah. was, who else was on the score, score sheet. But I remember Gareth Bale getting the better of Terry. Terry or, Terry or Ivanovic, one of them got sent off. Might have been Terry. Um, Terry. Yeah, that, that that season when we had that Champions League, that that sorry that yeah um, it, we we had to win didn't we we had to beat Man City and Chelsea at the end of the season Arsenal, yeah yeah that was a great run great run good times yeah that was the, that was the game where Modric broke his leg I think wasn't it uh, that at the lane I don't know to be honest I can't I don't I don't know I I don't my memory is shot tonight because I'm just a bit pissed off. <laughs> 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 but then, but going back to that, what you're saying there, with like with Harry, we had pace, we had width. Since Harry's gone, under AVB, under Sherwood, and now under um, Potch, we don't really seem to have the width. I mean, you know, look tonight, uh, Davis left back gets the ball, looks up, and there's nobody out there because the guys we're playing on the wings just keep cutting inside into the into the middle all the time. Yeah, so- it's, it's frustrating. So talking of width, um, not on the last podcast, the, the one before that, the first one, um, I hate to mention the N-word, but Neil Cohen's love child, Zayden, um, <laughs> he, 
He's asking for it. Um, he, <laughs> if if any of you missed that, um, Zayden posted on the um, on the page and said he's either Neil B. Cohen of the group. To which I said, if if he considers, if if he thinks that other people consider him to be a cunt, then <laughs> yes, that's that's he's probably right in making that assertion. Anyway, um, Zayden made a good point the other week about the fact that 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 um. You know, for all this talk of the pitch being really narrow, um, well, it was, it, you know, it was just as narrow under um, <clears throat> under Harry Redknapp when we had Bale and Lennon. And one thing that I noticed at the weekend at, at the Everton game, um, you had all that space on the right-hand side, um, that Lennon, and on the left-hand side, that um, that wasn't being, yeah, that wasn't being utilised. You know, Ben Davis doesn't go as forwards. He's although he's solid, doesn't go as forward as much as Danny Rose. And and Danny Rose in the time he does play, he he goes forward, but there's nobody um, that plays alongside him in the way that, for instance, when you had Okoto and Bale, they yeah. had a good good understanding. And on the right hand side, you had Walker and um, Lennon. Um, the other day, you know, Lennon had a great game, and and but I'm not. You know, take anything away from that but he seemed to come in a lot and there was so much space on, on the right hand side which was just could have been utilised so you know it doesn't matter whether the pitch is it doesn't really matter what the dimensions of the pitch are we're not going to utilise that space um, then if we're not going to stretch teams then we'll, we'll be all they're going to do then is sit back in, in, a, in two blocks of four and just watch us come yeah. narrowly down the middle it's easy to defend against but like you're saying there with the difference between Davis and Rose, I think Rose gets forward quicker and better because predominantly he is a midfielder. He's, you know, he's been pushed back into a left-back position, which isn't natural for him. So his instincts are to get forward more. So he is better at going forward. It does overlap quite well, whereas Davis, defensively minded, does back off a little bit from going forward. But, but we're, we're missing Walker down the right-hand side. We really are. Think about, think about that pace. You know, if we had that, tonight that could have been a big difference as well I, I do think that with regards to the right back slot um, I said in the last podcast that Churches offers us a lot going forward um, in, in that kind of David Luiz mentality it's like he's a defender who, who you know he, he's better in, in attack than he is in defence but uh, for days like today I would have preferred a stock fullback like Norton to have been there or even die, yeah, that's right. So, you know, someone who can sit back because you you know what uh, what you're getting with Chelsea. They might not maraud forward like um, like you know all guns blazing, but you need someone who's got that tactical discipline to sit there. And and I think for the first goal, I mean, I was watching uh, one of the uh, American uh, channels, and they they felt that Lennon was to blame for the first goal um, for Hazard's goal for that one-two play with Drogba, but I thought that. That was Kirikesh uh, not picking up his man. And you could see him standing in no man's land, whereas Hazard goes round him, uh, picks up the ball from Drogba and slots it home just in a quick flash. Um, shame, really, because, you know, someone like Norton, at least they've got that defensive discipline. And he's, you know, he's done a lot better at right back than he, than he did at left back. Yeah, I think uh, that Chirich is, he's, he, he is he's a better player going forward. <laughs> He's um he has got he's got a good touch, yeah. And he's quite good on the ball, but when it comes to defending, he's a bit too rash at times. He'll dive mm. in, he gets shrugged off the ball, and like you 
say, I mean, yeah, he, he was caught out a little bit, but I would have gone with, with the same thought as the American guy, that, in, in my opinion, Lennon, um, he, he left Hazard out there, uh, he mm. tried to get back, and, you know, Hazard paid the 1-2, and you could see, if, if Lennon had run on with him, there's a chance yeah. he might have cut that out, but... Selecting one player and blaming everything on one player, you know. At the end of the day, it's eleven guys on the on the field together. You you know, you win together, you lose together. Yeah, indeed. Just yeah. like all of us fans, we win together, we lose together. Mm. Not well, that's how we lose together. That's <laughs> actually, but yeah. <laughs> Still, the, the, the flip side of all of that is, Joby, you haven't had to um, eat Marmite. Every, every cloud and all that. <laughs> well, I was going to say that, yeah, that that was that, and the fact that um, I had um, Ivanovic in my fantasy dream team as well, so he's got me a few points. But yeah, no Marmite, and goodness for that, I can't stand that. Devil's no. touchdown. I love Marmite. Mm, oh, yeah. I, I love Marmite. Just to explain the context um, for anybody who doesn't know or hasn't read, <laughs> looked at the Facebook page. Um, uh, Nikki Metz, who, who's um, co-hosted uh, the first two episodes with me, um, she uh, uh, took part in a challenge, um, which was um, to eat some um, gravy and onion uh, mushrooms. Uh, uh, yeah, onion. Yeah. yeah. Onion and mushroom gravy. Onion and mushroom gravy, yeah, sorry. Wrong way around. Um, and uh, if Bobby, um, if, if Roberto Soldado scored, which she did, and uh, she did that on Monday, and bless her, she posted a video um, on the um, Facebook page, and I've got a lot of respect for her because mushrooms are the devil's food. They are, no, they are, no, they are devil, no. devil's droppings. And, and if it was me, I would, I would, I would have actually puked up. Um, no. Lovely. Although I've got to say though, I think the um, part of the challenge is that if there's no goal scored, it rolls up to the next game. So I think it's going to be the Palace game. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm quite confident they're going to beat Palace. So I think I will be eating some mum at the weekend. Thing is, well, he scored his uh, his first goal against Palace, didn't he? So um, on his debut. Yeah, penalty, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the thing. Uh, did you think he should have played tonight? He's just scored on Sunday. You know, he's full of confidence. Two days later, he sat on the bench. The confidence he's just got is just completely gone. It was just like last year at Cardiff when he scored, you know, and then he gets dropped from, from that. And, and all of a sudden then, you think to yourself, well, what, what, what have I got to do? You know, he scores a goal. We win the game 2-1. We had a brilliant game. And in all honesty, tonight, I think Soldado should have started and we should have had Kane in midfield. And I don't think Lamella should have started. <clears throat> I agree with that, but I don't think it would have made any difference. Well, I mean, Kane started to look a bit isolated up front. You know, we, we, we dropped off a bit into the pressure sort of thing. If you wanted to have a five-man midfield, Kane could have easily dropped back into that midfield. I don't think Lamella, when he came on against Everton, did enough to warrant a starting place tonight. You know, the, the guy's got bags and bags of skills. But, I mean, from what I saw of tonight... He just gets knocked with the ball too easily. He's very left-footed. So every time he gets the ball, you know what he's going to do. He's going to keep cutting back in on his left foot. And he's, he's too lightweight. I mean, I, he reminds me of... He reminds me of Ronaldo when he first came to United. 
I was going to say, well, yeah, in some ways. I, I was gonna, the comparison I was going to make was Steve McManaman, who was also in terms yeah. of his build, <laughs> you know, wasn't <laughs> particularly you know when he burst on the scene, he was. What's the word I'm looking for? Is his build? Um, help me out, guys. No, lanky. Lanky. Frail, lanky, frail, something like that. Um, He's a very slight of build, isn't he? You streak know? of piss. Yeah. Slight, that's it. Slight. Streak, of, streak of piss is a good one. Um, Lamella, I would, I could, I could understand a year ago. You know, he's new to English football and there's a physical side of it. But I sort of hope that in the summer he would have, you know, did a, did a, yeah, yeah, did a do a few weights in the gym, Anti-state beefed up, some, you know, peppercorn sauce on it as well, and. I think the thing with Lamello is, um, yeah, he came to us what uh, just well, before before the start of last season. He didn't really get the chance to play under Shitwood, um, so he's only had what we've got what thirteen, fourteen games in, um, and he, he's yeah, okay, he's playing, but. He still needs that time to gel. It's all very well gelling on the training pitch, but you know that that's with your own players. You're not playing against an opposition, so you need to to gel against an opposition. I, you know that's what I think. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just it's got to, it's got to put some weight on. It's got to muscle up, and it, and it but. Give him his dues, though. He he does track back. He does track back pretty well, which which some of the other players don't don't necessarily do. Mm. But still, tonight though, I, I just thought to myself, you know, right from the beginning, when I saw the starting lineup, I just thought to myself it was a mistake. I mean, I'm not the I'm not the coach, you know, I'm not going to have a go at Potts for for his decisions and stuff. But I did think to myself, you know, you got Soldado, he's just all he's full of confidence. You know, we we played really really well. It was obvious Chelsea were going to line up the same way as what Everton did, but obviously Everton were, were slower on the ball on, on Sunday, whereas Chelsea's like a lot quicker. But I, I, I just think if, if we'd gone with the same team, I, I don't know, maybe things might have been different, but, well, you don't know. It is a tough one, I agree, because um, if you play Soldado and Kane together, then unless you use a 4-4-2, it's... It's difficult to have those two strikers. I mean, Harry Kane's a fantastic player, but if he's dropping into midfield and and supporting a striker from there, is he going to be as effective as he would be uh, playing next to him? That's when you think, well, OK, then if you go to the bridge with a 4-4-2, then you are asking for trouble. Yeah, the... the... With, with Ari, he's not. He's, with Ari, he's not just dropping into the midfield. Always, he's dropping down to the, uh, the, the defender as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then of course he's not supply. He's not there to, to be able to supply uh, Soldado with uh, with all those assists. So that kind of nullifies him. Mm. One thing I didn't get, and I know in the greater scheme of things, it, it's not really important, but both Norton. And Dyer were on the bench. Um, just found yeah, that a bit I'm, odd. I'm kind of confused about that myself. I thought with the, with the mistakes that Kirikez made in the first half, Norton would have come on for the second at, at the very least. Oh, no. But Kirikez came out again, and I, think, and I thought, you know, 
what the fucking hell's going on here? Unless Dyer was there to cover the centre back position as opposed to mm. full back and Norton was there. Anyway, just something. I was... Well, it's because is... where's Townsend? Is he injured or something? Same place where Kapue and, and Adebayo are, I guess. Well, Adebayo. What? He, Witchcraft? He yeah. he, but... No, Kapue is injured, I, I, I believe. Um, Adebayo, yeah, Adebayo is under witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe the witchcraft that, that the, witchcraft even that um, <laughs> added by all. Leave us witches alone, mind. We're right, we are. The, the witchcraft that um, added by all um, has uh, been. <laughs> Dabbling in, or somebody's been dabbling in. in it's that. his mother. Yeah, maybe. This is all his mother's maybe some of, maybe some of that could be applied on um, Kapue to, 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 to get him better and back, you know, in the sort of Eileen Juru way. Well, Eileen Juru. Eileen Juju. Eileen Juju. Oh dear. The, the other thing is, of course, that looking at the lineup from Sunday and today. If Kapui was available, is he necessarily guaranteed a start? Because Bentaleb and Mason uh, seem to have a really good understanding of each other, and they yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the, and this is you know, against league leaders and a, a team who are very settled, as we were saying before. And they okay, you know, they made their own share of mistakes in passing, and but to be honest, that was across the board. I mean, starting with. Uh, Larice, which was a hail mary clearance, but nevertheless, um, as a as a pairing in in the middle of the, in the middle of the park, I thought they were fantastic again. Yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised that Mason got pulled off. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I was surprised Mason came off. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a strange one. But obviously, Lennon coming off. But I, I would have brought. Uh, I'm sorry, but I would have brought Lamella off. But mm. I don't understand why they bring on on Soldado three 0 down. You know. 10 yeah. Yeah. What's the yeah. point? What yeah, I point? agree with you. Yeah, I mean, if he was going to be brought on, then you should have put him on there. At least it gives him a fighting chance. Yeah, he comes on and he's going, what's he going to do for 10 minutes? Nothing. I'd be surprised if Pochettino hadn't spoken to him before the Everton game and said, look, you know, I'm going to play you against Everton at home, but uh, I'm going to set it up differently. I'd be very surprised if he didn't have that conversation knowing uh, the, the confidence issue that Soldado has had in the past when um, when he has played well and then he's been dropped uh, for the next game. Well, what I was surprised really is if he's going to go with one striker, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I don't see Kane as being a lone striker. Mm. No. I don't think he's got the attributes. Not yet. He, he might do, you know, mm. with time to come. He's still quite young. He's still learning. But at this moment in time, if I'm going to have one man up on his own, it wouldn't be Kane, mm. which is a strange, you know... And like I said before, with Sodada getting the goal on Sunday, you know, if if Poch had it in mind that he was only going to have one striker on the pitch against Chelsea, after the way, you know, I mean, so, I mean Harry Kane, he, he ran his socks off. He had a brilliant game on Sunday, but yes. his game on Sunday wasn't as a striker. His game on Sunday was that link-up behind the striker in the midfield. Yeah. So in my mind, you know, tonight, if they're going to go with one man up front, as much as, as good of a game he played... I would have had Soldado up there on his own and had Kane as the option to come on. But as I said before, I would have actually 
take both of them tonight. And just, and despite the, um, the the fact that we were playing uh, away today against Chelsea, I still thought that how we looked as a unit on Sunday uh, compared to tonight was so so much better. Even though it was a four four two, but we just we just went forward as a unit. We defended as a unit, and tonight again it was a case of little individual areas. And when, when we did the simple things. It was okay. It's when we tried to overcomplicate it that we just kept giving the ball away. And and I think Chelsea were just, they were brief that, look, just wait, wait, let them give the ball to us and then, you know, we'll go on one of our attacks. Well, they're clever, aren't they? Mourinho, he knows what he's doing there. So, I mean, that, at times they sat back, they let us have the ball, we knocked the ball around, but it was just going from left to right and back was a forward sort of thing. We just didn't have that little bit of cutting edge around in the final third. To, to try and do, I mean, you know, nobody was trying to one twos to get through their, their defence at all. It was just going from left to right and back, and then they just crowd it out. The ball goes back down the middle again, and all of a sudden, Mason or Bentelab or somebody loses the ball out to Drogba, and, and we're under attack again. The, the harsh reality is, it's a game that we were never going to get something, well, yeah. something out of. You know, if you go back a few seasons, Chelsea were a strong team. Um, you know, whether that was under. Uh, Ancelotti or 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 or, or, um, or anyone else. Um, but so 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 where were we at that point? So in those days we might have lost against against them, but we would have gone into the game thinking, you know, we we can do something here. And and you know sometimes we did, and some of those victories at the lane, and sometimes we didn't, and other times it was a draw. But <sighs> that's not the case. Well, we weren't here. That's a positive we can take from it that the end day is we didn't go there, we weren't completely spanked and turned over. We put in a, a, a fairly decent enough game, but as I say, the mistakes cost us in the end. But I think if we played like that without so many mistakes, we would be we'd beat over half the teams in the premiership. Yeah. I'd say that we if you look at the sort of the other side of the coin, if you take the victory against QPR um, that was an emphatic win, 4-0. Um, that wasn't... We, we can't, you know, look at that game and think, wow, you know, we're, we're world beaters and we're not. And we can't look at this game and be completely despondent and mm. think, shit, you know, it's the end of the world because it's not, really. Yeah, um, it's just... At, it's progress. Yeah. Uh, come on, at we, the end of the day, it's only 3-0. You know, Liverpool's done us 5-0. Man City's done us bloody 5-0. So, you know, 3-0 three, three is a good result. <laughs> And, and if the weekend showed us anything about Chelsea, the only way you can really uh, set yourself up to not lose against them is if you put 10 men behind the ball and just hope to get the ball out to Conor Wickham like Sunderland did. It's, you know, and we can't, we mm-hmm. don't play that way. And, no, we don't. If you're going to have a go, I mean, I mean, the Gooners have tried that against Chelsea because they only play that way and they get spanked. Um, you know, we're, we're at least trying to play some kind of attacking style so if you leave those gaps open then they'll exploit them but the alternative is just to sit back and that's not that's not how we are that's not how Pochettino sets him to his team yeah. I, I am glad we did go for it a bit but that we did yeah. go part the bus you know because the end day is that's the way our, our box team wants us to play if we're going to lose we might as well lose playing that way did you did you see what the commentators said um, after the Chelsea game on Sunday was it Sunday? Uh, the best way to beat Chelsea is to throw your players at Hazard and Oscar. 
they are brilliant. They got such good understanding as well. Mm. But hopefully that'll come for us then. It's just, you know, a bit of confidence. The guys play, you know, regular together. They start, you know, getting a bit, bit of a better understanding. But the, the thing I'm worried about the most, though, <coughs> is that at the moment, when I look at our team, there's not one player on our team that I think to myself, get him on the ball, because he will do something. Because they well, aren't. You know how we're always saying, you know, back in the summer, uh, there was all, all that call, you know, we need a striker, we need a striker. Well, I've got good news. Thierry Henry's available. <laughs> I take him. I fucking would. <laughs> I take him, yeah. I, 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 I tell you him. what, um, he's he's decided he's not going to uh, renew his contract with the New York Bulls, whatever they call themselves. And um, my God, that the at thirty-seven years old, I watched his top ten goals, and they are fucking awesome. I, at 30, <laughs> 37, he's, he's freaking awesome, man. I, I used to hate him, but after seeing him on the uh, during the World Cup doing the punditry on BBC. Mm. I actually got a bit of respect for the bloke. You know, he, he was a good laugh, you know. He knows what he's talking about. He does, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I kind of warmed to him a bit, but yeah, no, I take him right now. Yeah, I think he's. I think he can still do a good good, you know, good job in the Premiership. But I don't think, I think Drogba's passed it. Even though he scored tonight, he, he's nothing like he used to be. He should be advertising stairlifts or something. Oh my leg, my leg! All I need is a stand of sterling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, 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 just, just, on, just on the subject of um, of Drogba, I thought that um, Vertonghen, when he came up against both Drogba and Remy for their goals, um, I was a bit surprised by how easily he got brushed off. Yeah. Especially, especially in the case of Remy, because I mean that—that's the kind of look we think. You know, we're going forward in, in like fours and fives, and we just can't get that break. And they've got one man up front. He's you know he hasn't got a goal in ages. He hasn't, he hasn't played in ages. Dodgy knee. <laughs> yeah, dodgy knee. Yeah, and um, and Vertonghen's marking him, and he just basically pushes Vertonghen off and sees the ga- uh, sees the corner goes right. I'll have that boom, and um, it's three nil. And you think that that's just you know what's going wrong there. You know, if it was Fazio, then we'd all be on Fazio's case because, oh, you know, he's not settled and blah blah blah. And uh, I, think one thing Faz- another, I, but... I think Fazio will come good. I, yeah, I think yeah. Definitely. I just think he just needs that little bit of time to settle, and he, he needs a regular partner in that defence. I think that he will. I think he'll stick around, and he will become our cornerstone in the back because I, I do. I still think Batamon is going to go. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Um... We need someone who's gonna, you know, fill or fill the spot where Dawson was, ideally, don't we? That could be D- that could be Dyer, yeah. I think. To be yeah. honest, yeah. I think I, I was think, gonna. I think he could. Sorry, Jack. No, go on, Karen, mate. I was just gonna say, I, I, I think that yeah, Vertonghen will probably go at the end of the season. Um, what the partnership I would like is for this season, Vertonghen and Dyer. Hmm. Um. Because that might help, you know, Dyer is a centre-back and he might benefit from playing... What, sorry, not, he not... plays on the right-hand side, doesn't he, Dyer? Yeah, and, and he, he would benefit from playing alongside Vertonghen. Yeah. Um, you'd like to think. I actually, I actually thought Fazio was okay this evening. I thought he was uh, better at marking Drogba than Vertonghen was. 
I think that's you... the start of defending, doesn't it? Because he's a big, big bloke, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think it, it, when when you get him up against a smaller, agile like an Aguero, <coughs> I mean Aguero would, would rip anybody apart. Mm. But you put you put him against a big, strong, birdie um, striker and Fazio, I, th- I think I think he'll have him every time. But but that's when you need a smaller, more nimble centre back next to him, which the Tongan isn't. Yeah. You're... So, um, moving on. This this wasn't a blip. It was just you know like we said it. It, it, it was the Chelsea game. <laughs> it, was, it was a Chelsea game. Um, well, I presume serv- normal service to be resumed on 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 Saturday against Palace. Three points. Yeah. I yeah. Think yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. I, I think we're going to revert back to a four-four-two. I think the the fans are really going to be up for it after Sunday, um, considering that Everton were much tougher opponents than, than Palace will be. And, um, and they lost at home yesterday to Villa. I work with a Villa fan. I haven't seen him so happy. <laughs> he, he, he did. He bounded into the, into the office. <laughs> so, uh, so I think they'll probably be reeling from that. Um, and plus, of course, like I said, we're, we're at home. So um, I don't think anybody had any misconceptions about the fact that we were going to Get um, get three points tonight. Yeah. Two 0 Two 0 And I'll say Soldado will get a goal. Oh, I'm going to go three one. <laughs> <laughs> one, and you'll be in Marmite twice. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I think Soldado will get a couple. Yeah, I think Soldado will get a couple of goals on Saturday. Score line, Devon. Um, uh, I'll go for three one as well. Okay, um, I'd, yeah. Go on. I'd say 2-0, Kane's going to get one, I don't know who's going to get the other, no. and I won't, be no. a, I, won't be, I won't be able to get a bagel in the south lower again. <laughs> well, I don't know, after, after seeing your email, uh, mate, you know, you'll, you'll get... Yeah, you're, you're, you're the man who can. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not going to happen. I mean, I think... The thing that the thing that really annoys me about it is the fact that you can get it in the upper tiers of the stadium, but you can't in the lower tier. So, which implies that if you're if you've got a seat in the lower tier, the club thinks that you're a pleb, and um, they just it's just class division, and I don't like it. Well, what I want to know is in that other group, there's a lot of plebs in there. Sorry. You're looking the other group. <laughs> the other group. What, what I want to know is, what's this fascination with a smoked salmon freaking bagel for crying out loud, you snob? I may be a snob, but um, I, I think that I think that I think that smoked salmon is a acquired taste, and uh, well, I don't, you know, you know. I, I'm not adverse to a bit of smoked salmon, but you know, in a bagel, come on. A bagel with a bit of Philadelphia cheese. Uh, nice. Now, um, looking forward, obviously we got Palace this, week, this weekend. Yeah. What about um, the following Thursday, Besiktas? Mm. Oh yeah, five game. Yeah, I think I, I got a feeling he's going to send out a very weakened team for that because we're through already. So <sighs> I, th- I think we'll see a, a good four or five of the youngsters going out, like Winks and. We're through, but we do need a. Do need to get points to top the group. 
if we top the group, if we, we need a draw, so yeah. we need a draw, don't we? Yeah. And right. if we top the group, we'll avoid the Champions League teams, and we'll um, the second leg of the game will be at home. So mm. there's an incentive there to finish. Yeah. Speaking about the Champions League teams, um, I thought they didn't drop in. Um, anymore or is that next season they don't drop in I don't know they do this year I'm not sure if they're going to stop it next year but well I heard that was I, hope, I, be I, the... I hope they do I hope they do stop it because I think it's wrong yeah. hmm. Diluting uh, ever, ever since uh, Chelsea dropped in and ended up winning it they were on a, on about um, doing away you know if you're knocked out of the Champions League then you shouldn't get the spot in uh, into the Europe because if if you're knocked out the top flight then you're not good enough end of story um, and they're on about it was either going to be the 14-15 season or the 15-16 season where they were stopping the drop-ins it'll be next year then I should imagine I hope so because, I, yeah it would be nice I, I you know what happened we're, we're, we'll win the Europa League this year. <laughs> we'll get into the I, know where, I know where this is going. Next year will be the season when the losers don't get don't get into the Europa. We'll finish third. <laughs> we'll finish third in, in the group and go, oh crap, we're not going to get into Europa now. We'll have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the, Spurs, the Spurs way, don't you just love it? it. Up, um, we've had... Um, We've had a few questions, um, which I'll go through. I'll try, I'll try to get through as many as I, as I can, as quickly as I can. So, um, from Neil John, what's your favourite non-Spurs or England football moment? Um, he, he goes on to say that um, the Liverpool victory in Istanbul in 2005 was, um, was a particular favourite moment of his, um, which I concur with. Um, and the only other one would be Naeem from the halfway line. I don't know, the Liverpool and Istanbul, that was when they beat AC Milan, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I had money on that game. Liverpool to win 4-3 on penalties. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> how, how did you do that? How does anybody come up with these bets on winning 4-3 on penalties and it happens? It just never um, happens. Brock's got to, a crystal ball. To, to, to be honest, um, I did that bet. Um, I woke up that morning... I had a feeling, went into Ladbrokes, did the bet. Uh, the, the the bookie or the, the guy behind the counter looked at me and went, "Yeah, you're in the fucking laughing, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, yeah, second half, Michael Owen will score first." And he went, "Yeah, we're in the fucking laugh." And I said, "Put it on my ticket, please." And I picked that money for that as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers on the lottery going to be on Friday night. Eh? <laughs> on Friday night's lottery. Come on, tell me. <sighs> I wish I knew that one, mate. But. <laughs> It's it, it's weird. It's it's like my birthday weekend. I woke up that on that Saturday morning and I thought, right, I need to go to the bookies and Man United to win, uh, Palace to beat Liverpool and Spurs to beat Hull, and it paid off, you know. So it happens once in a blue moon, and when it does, I'm very grateful. <laughs> oh, fair play, yeah. Uh, for, for me, the the, the the happy sport, um, football, footballing moment was when Plymouth Argyle were promoted into the championship. Unfortunately, our manager, Mr. Warnock, uh, decided to leave us uh, after getting us up. <laughs> so, 
I think for me it would be um, a couple of years ago, Bristol Rovers winning the um, League Two uh, playoff at Cardiff. Same season, and they um, no was that no was that Wembley? Yeah, because at the same season they they played um, Doncaster Rovers in the Johnson's Paint Trophy in the final at Cardiff, and then they played the final of the playoffs same season at, uh, against Shrewsbury, which they won, but. It's, it, was, oh. it was nice because because they made it to two finals, one at um, Cardiff and one at Wembley in the same season. So it was good for Rovers. But... Isn't Bristol Rivers in the Valorama Conference with Talking United? Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I take it you're a you know local team wise. Your Bristol. Well, yeah, I'm born in Bristol. That's my that's my local team. I can't be a shithead. Can't be a red. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine was um, I've got two the, the, the first one is uh, when Aguero scored with the last kick of the season uh, because as a football fan you know you, you grow up and you, you know, those are the moments that you that you live for you know even just if it's not your team then as long as it's not the Gooners um, it's, those are the moments that you that you, you wait to have happening and um, I remember I'd like my friends who support like Norwich and all, all this, they were like ringing up going, did you just see that? That was amazing. It's just one of those footballing moments that everyone can share. And before that, it was the last day of the season when Blackburn won the title and um, Liverpool were playing, they were playing Liverpool at Anfield and United were playing West Ham at the time. And uh, in the last minute of the game, Jamie, that Jamie, uh, <laughs> Jamie Redknapp had a free kick, which he scored and Anfield goes uh, wild with celebration because they've won the game. And then the news came through that uh, West Ham had drawn with United and therefore Blackburn had won the title. So everyone in the stadium was cheering whether they were Blackburn fans or Liverpool fans. And obviously Liverpool fans cheering because United hadn't won the title as yeah. well. So it's just one of those great moments where, you know, everyone's happy. Great moment. Yeah, everyone was a winner. Except, yeah, except United. I, right. Except United, yeah. <laughs> which is never a bad thing. Um, he, my one would be, as I, I said, I, I concur, Liverpool, Istanbul. Um, the only other one that comes to mind, I'm sure there must be other ones, but the only one that sort of comes to my mind at the moment is um, United's late two goals in the Champions League final in 1999. He also does say what's your favourite as well as non-Spurs England moment now with England I, I, although we've not won anything in my lifetime um, there have been quite a few moments Italian 90 Euro 96 mm. Beckham's free kick against Greece the 5-1 against Germany so yeah I think Beckham's free kick for me uh, I was actually in uh, Milton Keynes that day listening listening to the game on the way down mm, and, okay. and basically <laughs> <laughs> and then got there and it was like this is just not happening we're going to get second behind Germany blah 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 blah. we've been rubbish all day blah 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 blah. and suddenly 93rd minute up steps the man bam in the corner and you just think there's a god somewhere the funny thing was at the time the Germans had already finished their game and they were like self-congratulating and suddenly the news came through to the national stadium that oh England have actually drawn so that means we have to still qualify <laughs> Great days. Um, 
next question. Well, two questions. They're not sort of related. Um, first one, first one from Nick Seal. He says, "Do you think we will ever not be Spursy and one day be a force to be reckoned with?" And then Rebecca Braddock asks, "Where and when did the so Spursy thing start? Are we pessimistic because we are Spurs fans, or do Spurs fans, or do Spurs make us that way?" Um, I think Spurs make us that way, in all honesty. Because I'm a very optimistic, chirpy type of person. So when I do go that way, it's because of Spurs. As to whether or not we'll ever be a force, um, unless we get a new owner with absolute shit. Yeah, we discussed this on uh, Sunday, didn't we? We don't want to turn into Chelsea. Or Leeds. No. <laughs> yeah, that would be, you know, worse. <sighs> okay. Um I by the way, I I don't think um I don't think we'll we'll ever hit those dizzying heights unless we do get foreign ownership. Um and as for Spursy, I th- I think we um you know, th- there's something that follows us around and the culmination in Jogba scoring that penalty in the Champions League final for me was that moment. Oh. We just think after everything that you can possibly do, Chelsea played the best team in Europe. Oh, what is the best team in Europe? Um, at their own, at their own, in their own ground, and go and go and win the damn thing. And that I remember that was the only time I've ever switched off and just couldn't watch any anymore. Mm. <laughs> just sat there, stunned silence. <laughs> I just, to be honest with you, that the whole time that was all going on. At, at no point did I ever honestly think thought that Chelsea were going to win it. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, they got to the quarterfinals and they got to the semi-finals, and I kept thinking to myself, "They're, they're shit." They, yeah. they were, they were shit. And I kept thinking to myself, "It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen." And they, you know, they get through the, the bit of luck through the semi-finals, they get to the final, and even in the final, I'm watching it on TV. I still keep thinking to myself, "Well, they, they can't win this. They're not going to win it." And the fuckers still won it. No. Jimmy Traore is, has always been uh, linked as this player that you'd never think would be considered a Champions League winner and Roberto Di Matteo is the managerial equivalent of that you know he's he, how he became the manager of a Champions League winning team is you know it's just sheer luck because the team itself did it in spite of him if anything but how they got that far again is just it's just typical Chelsea yeah bastards just yeah, that's... <laughs> just um, following on from uh, the comment about not reaching those dizzy heights. So, a question from um, David Hughes, um, who says, "What pieces, if any, do we need to regain a Champions League place, and how long will it take to get back in the top four this season?" Next, discuss. Um, well, you've got. City with all that money, Chelsea with all that money, that's two places gone every season, in all honesty. So we're going to be fighting for two spots, and we're fighting against <clears throat> Arsenal and Man United. They've both got much more money, bigger stadiums, and I hate to say it, but they are both, they're both going to get better presents. <laughs> now, so, speaking, I was going to say, speaking of stadiums, now that Arch races sheet metal's gone, <laughs> are we going to get our new stadium? <laughs> We're, we're getting 
yeah, I, I, when the when the appeal comes round, like I think they'll 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 stick with it, and we will end up getting the stadium. But whether Enoch build it or whether Enoch sell it before mm. it gets built, which is what I think might happen, but but um, but no, I, I, we we need we need the stadium. We definitely got to get the stadium. Once we get the stadium, and depend on how it gets paid for, we can then invest a bit more money into the team. If we've got new owners, we've got a bit more money to invest. That could be the point where we could possibly break into top four. But well, that's that's two, three, four years off. What we need, I I think then to be, to have a bit more. We've got a we've got an owner with what is it four point three billion quid in assets. So I think he needs to sell off some of his freaking assets and invest a bit more money in the club. That's only if people are willing to pay the money for his assets. He's got a ten million pound painting, but if no one's willing to pay ten million pounds for it, it's not worth ten million, then is it? Yeah. And then again, I mean, play devil's advocate, but why should he have to go out and, and sell his assets just to throw money away at a football club? Well, that could be the said said uh, the same for um, anybody. You know. Exactly, exactly. They, they've got to want to waste their money because the end of the day is you're never going to get it back. I mean, look how much money Abramovich has thrown into Chelsea. They'll never, ever get any of that money back, but he's happy to do it because that's what he wants to do. Yeah, he's happy to do it because he's making fucking money hand over fist and fucking Russia selling all that well, money yeah, all. Yeah, well, yeah, what does he do? He buys, buys it all and sells it all to his own companies at bloody reduced rates. And Yeah, well, that's for another podcast. I think I think my, my biggest fear about um, billionaire ownership, um, as in petrodollars and that kind of thing, is the fact that uh, if somebody came along like Abramovich or like Usmanov or somebody like that and bought the club and then decided, okay, if we can't um, expand the stadium uh, in Tottenham, then we'll just relocate. I think losing that identity is the worst. Mm. In, for me, is the worst thing that could happen to our club. Uh, I mean, not just from the point of view of the amount of stick that we've given to the Gooners for, you know, being from Woolwich. Um, just the fact that we're no longer a North London club and we get relocated somewhere else without a say in the matter would probably be the worst thing. I mean, there's no amount of success that can um, that can cover that up. Because yeah, we, we are Tottenham Hotspur. The, 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 it, it happened with um, Wimbledon, didn't it? Um, yeah. They lost their identity and they became really bad and the fans hated it and everything and that's exactly what would happen with us if we've moved I think So where do you, what do you think should happen then when when it comes down to locking the stadium down where should we go where should we be playing Well th- there is the option of doing the half and half just closing up half of the stadium building up the new part and Well the club at the moment are saying that that can't possibly happen because of health and safety legislation or whatever but in, in my mind really the only place really would be Upton Park because it's not that far away it's still in London it's roughly the same sort of size but by all accounts worst time when they when they're leaving the stadium they're gutting everything out of there because it's they a big sale jumble sale Twickenham that out of the question I presume I would say so because I think they're limited to the amount of games they, they yeah, yeah, that's a... similar with Wembley as well. But in all, but in all honesty, though, 
if we had Twickenham and we had Wembley, what fun is it going to be playing in a big stadium like that? There's only 25, 30, 35, 40,000 fans in there. We wouldn't fill it. Not the way things are at the moment. I mean, remember that time with Arsenal, when Arsenal were playing there, weren't they? When they played a, a number of games at Wembley, when they were having their stadium built and stuff. And, yeah. and uh, they didn't fill it, and everybody took the piss out of them. That same thing's going to happen to us. Can't have that. Gooners taking the piss out of us because we're trying to play at Wembley and we can't fill it up. But, you know, we we should be prepared to weather, just weather, weather of the storm. We have the piss taken out of us all the time. You know, oh, look, the fucking kids are losing again. Well, what do you do? Oh, oh you know, it, it, just be, it, it would be exactly the same, you know. Oh, you know. All of the, the you know, the years can't fill the stadium. What do you fucking do? You know, so what? Neither could you. So give it, you know, go take your head for a shit. Um, moving on, our man in the Czech Republic, Ali Hassan, asked a question. What will you actually settle for this season in terms of league placement or trophies or both or everything? Um, league Cup win. Uh, Europa either win or semi-final and fifth place Stefan a trophy ideally Europa League failing that any trophy Um, and a top half finish if we've got a trophy maybe fifth or sixth just because it's so tight at the top with so many teams all scrapping at the same time. Yeah, I, I'd go for... I, I would much rather we win the, the Europa because it's a European trophy. And to me, that still holds yeah. value. It's, you mm-hmm. know, days, you're, you're playing, all right, it's not Champions League. There are a lot of top teams in the Champions League, but you've still got to beat a lot of decent European teams. And it's going to bring a Champions League place for next season. So I would really love it if we could go on and win that. Whether we do, I really don't know, to be honest. League Cup, we've got an opportunity to there. But, again, it just comes down to what happens on the day, really. As for league-wise, I'd be happy with a, with, with a top eight finish, to be honest with you, as long as we're showing improvements in the way we're playing. Mm. At the moment, Chelsea and Man City are going to run away with it. So there is, mm. there is an opportunity there for us, you know, if we can start playing a bit better, be a bit more consistent... There is an opportunity to get top four, top six, but as I say, I'd be happy with a top eight with the players all understanding that, how they're meant to be playing and playing in that way. Yeah. I think I think we'll finish sixth in the league, but I'd be happy with exactly what, what Joby's just said. So top eight because, uh, well, top eight, Firstly, we wouldn't qualify for Europe, which I don't think is such a bad thing. Um, that's probably... Um... See, I, I, I don't get that about the, well, well, you don't qualify for Europe, that wouldn't be such a bad thing, not less games. Because the ultimate gate, the ultimate thing here is, is to get into the Champions League and to get into it every single season. So to do that, you've got to be used to playing midweek European games and games on the weekend. I... No, don't, don't get me wrong. If we do, if we do qualify for the Europa League, I'm not going to be complaining that oh shit we're playing in the 
Europa again. Yeah. Right? But but if we, but if we don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's the end of the world. I'm just saying that the flip side of that is, if we, for instance, oh, yeah, we... no, I understand that. Yeah, but there's a lot of people to man and say, oh, bloody, hell, I don't want to be in Europe, you know, because that takes too much out of you. But if we want to be Champions League every season. We've got to get used to playing those games. Sure, absolutely, and 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 if you can't crack it in the Champions, sorry, if you if you're if you're not able to, to do it in the Europa, then you know it's, you ain't got much chance yeah, in the Champions yeah, League. Exactly. Um, so you need to be looking at getting yourself at least quarters, semis, possibly a final each year you're in it. Sure, um, I think as you said, from a league perspective, whether we finish six and qualify for the Europa, whether we finish eight and and, and don't, the, the bigger thing for me is. Is making some sort of progress. Oh yeah, the, definitely. The, the, yeah, and, and, and coming into the season, we've got to be looking like we're a team yeah. and playing the right way that we want to be playing. Exactly, and, and not not just a set of individual players. Um, in terms of trophies, I don't really care which one. Um, though it would be nice to win the FA Cup because it's been um, however many years, twenty three, twenty four. Well, it'll be twenty four. Yeah, next next May. Um, so. 2001, wasn't it? I think last one. 91. Yeah, 91. We've got to God knows how many semi-finals in that time, so it would be nice to to win the FA Cup um, at Wembley on the BBC. None of that ITV shite. Um, <laughs> maybe run from from Lamella under the <laughs> Twin Towers. Oh shit, it's not Twin Towers anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, the arch. <laughs> the arch. Um, <laughs> what, amazing run from an Argentinian Spurs player. I mean, you, you couldn't make it up. No. Honestly, <laughs> um, <laughs> final I think, question. I think, my, I think my question needs answering. Is Joby a virgin? Because he was talking about <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> well, I was a virgin until tonight. I popped me Jerry. <laughs> well, well done. Um, was, it, was it painful? It, well, it was. It was. It was. It was ripe and ready to burst. <laughs> I'm sure Mary will be happy to hear so, that. <laughs> to, talking of which, final question for the night, and apologies, I haven't, I've, I haven't gone through every single question. Um, Bill Madrid asks, if a bird is as mad as a barn door, <laughs> like a pa- perfectly so, should a chap still bowl in? So I say, I say to that, I say, you know, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Why not? Yeah, no. That was in reference to banging Britney Spears, wasn't it? Indeed, which Kevin Morgan <laughs> raised. Well, yeah. Well, if she's fit, then yeah, straight in there. If she's not fit, well, I don't know. So if, if by some weird, if you know, if if it was, um, if I was in a TARDIS with uh, Jenna Coleman and she was um, mad as a barn door. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't think I'd say no. <laughs> she might. She'd look at you and go, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> yeah, hold on to my sonic screwdriver. Is that a euphemism for something else? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, isn't it? <laughs> That's, that's Joey's pulling tactic. Hi, love. Would you like to play with my sonic screwdriver? Uh, my <laughs> that's why he's still a virgin. Okay, it's all going to be good. Three points on, on Saturday against Palace. Um, 
any last thoughts, words, comments? Yeah, who's going to meet up with me on uh, the 7th of February when I come up for the Arsenal game? It's <laughs> my birthday. That's my big 4 0, that is. Oh, 40. Oh, I, uh, oh, I didn't tell you that. No, actually, I'm going backwards in years, so I'll be 38. Oh, 38. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 42. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> um, no, last thoughts, I, I think, are um, don't be disheart- disheartened by tonight's uh, loss. It's, it's still a work in progress. There's going to be ups and downs throughout the whole season. There are going to be some more ups and downs. When um, we didn't, you know, we turned up, we played, we didn't disgrace ourselves. So uh, let's just, you know, put it behind you. Then next game, Saturday, Crystal Palace, let's get back to winning ways again. Um, I'll just echo that and say that I don't think the Chelsea game is a good indicator of where we are just for so many reasons but they're, and they're on form as well but seeing how we played on Sunday and the result we got seeing flashes of how we played today uh, and seeing so many players improving from Fazio Vertonghen's playing well Lloris is fantastic anyway uh, Davies is becoming a better player we've got the pairing in the middle with uh, Ben Taleb and Mason Soldado's finding a little bit of confidence. Harry's looking fantastic. Lennon's coming into form. Chadley's always been amazing all season. Um, and Ericsson and Lamella are the same. So there's definitely um, a lot of uh, fertile ground there for, uh, for for heading in the right direction. So the future's definitely bright. Okay. And on that note, we're all, we're all off to grease the brakes on Jose Mourinho's jag. Um <laughs> <laughs> The future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Glory, glory,